The local church is a collection of people who are being transformed by Jesus, who live in a community purposefully to model and proclaim Jesus. Scripture tells us to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have. Every story is unique. Each person is an individual who has met Jesus. All of us have strengths and weaknesses. Together, we are the church, and these are our stories. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. I'm Jeff Ludington, and we're in our series called Stories of Faith. And uh, today, I have Ashley Byrus with me, formerly Ashley Salazar. It's a recent change. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. I know you. you got the big wedding coming up. Yes. I know. Two so months. Two months. Yeah. You got married during COVID and so had the smaller ceremony and you're looking forward to the big one? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to it being over. I, <laughs> I hear you. All right. So Ashley, I've had the privilege of watching you kind of mature in your faith over the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, whatever it's been. And uh, so, and, and to be fair, if you're listening, Ashley is near and dear to Lisa. We love her. And uh, uh, she's come over and stayed at our house and watched our dogs and, and just been kind of a close part, uh, a, a, a close person to Lisa and I. And so it's fun to hear your story and hear pieces that one, I forget or didn't know. And so take us back to kind of where your faith begins. Okay. So young Ashley grew up in a Christian home. Um, you know, Christianity was, uh, the foundation was laid Sundays. We go to church, we eat, we pray before we eat. Um, we, you know, talk about Jesus. We talk about God. So that foundation was laid, right? Not perfectly, but they, they brought us up in the church. My parents brought me and my brother up in the church. So that foundation was definitely there. And that's where I learned about God and Jesus. And that's really how it started. So you say young Ashley, it's not like you're 100 years old. So, <laughs> all right. So young Ashley, so you really did grow up. So like little kid, little kid, all the way up. And then, um, so how did that, yeah, so you end up uh, coming to faith, your own faith later. And so we'll get there in a minute. But tell me about raised in a family of faith you pray before you eat like you said little practical things but kind of give me a snapshot of how the gospel was with you in you with your family like tell me where that played a role yeah so you know jesus was was um something very important in my family so like i said the the foundation was laid and i learned about jesus through my family and reinforced that at church so um, I, I knew who he was, I knew the Bible stories, but it, it just wasn't my faith yet. Okay. Um, when I thought about God, um, I actually had a lot of, um, you know, negative feelings towards it. Like I, I felt like I was being watched a lot of guilt and shame, like, oh, well, you know, God knows that I did this. Um, you know, he, he wouldn't be happy about that. And I remember as a little kid feeling these deep moral thoughts, like I am not a good person. Like people might think I am, but I know I'm not. I knew that the answer was Jesus. I knew God was real. I knew that I knew that Jesus was, was, you know, who he said he was. 
but I just wasn't ready to make that commitment. I wanted to have my fun. I wanted to, you know, do what I wanted to do. And and I thought, oh, I'll just be a Christian. I'll be a good Christian later. You know, um, I don't need to do it now. I have all the time in the world. And and it just is just so funny thinking about that now. But I remember lying in bed like with these thoughts of, you know, guilt and shame. And, you know, I didn't like who I was. I didn't like how I treated people, how I treated my parents. And I was young. And I remember like, I know what the answer is. I know I shouldn't be doing this stuff, but I'm just going to not, I'm just going to decide not to, to make that change quite yet. Okay. So I don't know if you've ever heard me share that part of my story, but um, when I was younger, um, I had one side of my family did come to faith. Um, It wasn't great. It wasn't a great setting, but um, I remember thinking Christianity was a series of rules and do's and don'ts. And I literally said the same words you did. Like, I felt like I believed all those things about Jesus, about, you know, the life, death, and resurrection. But what I had been exposed to in Christianity didn't seem joyful or fun, right? And mm-hmm. so I literally said the same words, like, like, I'll be a Christian someday, like, when I'm done having fun. And, of course, my fun didn't work out well. But so you talk about... You know, before we get to the shame and the guilt part, and, and again, you were young. When you did something wrong in the home, was it a moral conversation with your parents? So if you tell a lie and you get caught, is it a conversation about why lying is wrong or is it a gospel conversation? Does that make Does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it was, I think my parents had the best intention and, you know, I, sure. I would have done the same thing, but it's like, you know, they know you're lying and they're like, well, God knows you're lying. Oh, okay. God knows. Like, you don't have to tell me. Like, they knew already, but God knows you're lying. So I would walk around that whole day and be like, man, well, you know, maybe I didn't get in trouble now, but God knows I's lying. Okay, and I see it. <laughs> that, that tore me apart. So, listen, I know your parents and love your parents. So I, I when I say this, it's just a seriously a neutral comment, but... It can be manipulative in a sense, like it can, but like you said, it can give you a bad view or image of who God is to you. God is now watching you, judging you, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. And like I, you know, in Sunday school and my parents, I'd be like, God loves you, you know, more than we ever could. You know, God, you know, sent his only son to die for you, you know, sacrifice himself for you. So I hurt the love. I hurt the grace. Sure. I hurt the mercy, but I didn't feel it. Right. And so I think that's what was a huge disconnect. So the way you feel plays a big role in the story. And so you didn't, so you have this kind of this vibe of who God is and some of us from the parents. And again, like you said, best intentions. I totally get it. We all say things like that. And you heard of the love, but you didn't experience or feel the love. You also said you felt some guilt and shame. So take me to that part. Take me to the part where you know or you believe one thing is true, but you're living differently. So take me to that part of your life. Yeah. So I remember just feeling like these deep feelings of guilt and shame and just, you know, like almost that I was faking my life. Like I was good on the outside. You know, I was a good kid, whatever. But on the inside, I felt rotten. And I'm going to ask, though. So it's not like you're an axe murderer at this point in your life. (laughs) Right. No, I'm a good kid. Okay. So (laughs) why so 
serious? Why so shame and guilt? Like why? I, I don't know. I okay. think I think it was God just knocking in my heart. You know, like you're you're a good kid, but you still need Jesus. And okay. I think that's really like looking back. That's what it was. It's like, you know, you're not going out there sneaking out at night or you know you know doing these crazy things, murdering people, but you still need a savior. You right. still need Jesus. And I think that that was just, you know, God knocking on the, on my heart and being like, okay, there, you're not perfect. You're a good kid. Right. You're not where you need to be still. Right. Good is not saved. Right. And good isn't, good does not make you, <clears throat> excuse me, does not make you what God wants you to be. Right? right. So, okay. So what brings the change to you? You go from this, you were a good kid but you were kind of faking you're kind of phoning it in with mm-hmm. the whole jesus part right there's this disparate connection between who god is for you you're hearing one thing you're hearing another thing you're not putting them all together what brings you to that change well i think that i was just wrestling with the feelings i was having and decided i don't want to feel this way i don't think this is the way i should be living i know jesus is the answer so I am going to try my best to pursue that. So I decided, you know, I think this was late high school, maybe early college. I decided I'm not going to lie to my parents anymore. I'm not going to be, you know, doing those, you know, bad things that I was doing. I'm Because of the way it made you feel. Yeah, because of the way it made me feel. Like, I know that this is not pleasing to God. I'm deciding right now that I'm not going to continue doing that. Let me ask you about that. So... And I've got to preface it this way. If you're listening and you're listening to this podcast, who knows where you fit in this spectrum. But when we look back at my story, I knew lots of things were wrong and they were very, very wrong things. I was not a good kid, right? And so I was not a good adult for that matter. But I would suppress that like my feelings didn't divert that. So what... Take me to that point. So like you're feeling this guilt and shame. I don't hear in the way you tell it. I don't hear condemnation like you're going to hell. I hear guilt. I mean, like I hear Mm -hmm. conviction and there's a sense of shame. You keep repeating that. Yeah. Take me. Why do you feel these things? I think I think it's because I. I just was so insecure about who I was. I didn't know, you know. I just, I wanted to be a Christian, but I didn't want to do it then. And I think that that really made me, you know, feel um, like I knew the direction and I'm deciding not to go. And I think that brought up a lot of those feelings. That's good. So, you know something is true, but you don't want to orient your life around it, right? Right. So, you believe in Jesus. You know the answer because you said that, right? But you don't want to do it. And so, then... As you do wrong things, and again, these are not these are not felonies. These are things that probably all of us are guilty of, but you're feeling them in a weighty kind of way, mm-hmm. right? Where they're they're weighing on you. And so that makes sense. Like that is often God convicting you of something for a purpose of leading you towards him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, disciplining you. He says those he loves, he reproves, right? So leading you in a way that works for you, right? Okay, so how do you get from, um, I'm going to say, kind of a disingenuous faith where you know one thing, but you're not living it, 
to, of course, you're not perfect. I mean, we all know you're kind of perfect, but not really, you know. So how do you get to that place where you're, you know, what's the pivot point? You're, you're, you're now going to try not to lie to your parents and do some other things. So how does it play out? So how does this deepen your faith? How does it work out for you? Yeah, so I start trying to find um, like-minded people. So in school, I would go to, you know, Christian clubs and I would start um, being more involved at church. And now we're in, you know, college, college age. And so it's really up to me to decide, you know, how, how I want to proceed with my faith, right? It's not my parents driving me to church. In fact, they stopped going to church. My family um, for a time stopped going. So I made the decision to go by myself and um, I would go and leave right after. Right. right? And then I was like, no, like if I, if I need to, if I want to grow my faith, I need to be surrounded by a community. I need to build that community and I'm going to a church. This is the community. So I started volunteering and nursery and then I ended up volunteering and became a youth group leader and so at that time I was you know very busy and serving but church was my priority so I would be every Sunday doing all the church activities by myself (laughs) so I would be here and people would you know people around church would make comments like man you show up to everything and I'm like yeah I am here I'm doing it awesome yeah and so um I I found my faith here you know it was then park but now generations I found my own faith here at generations and and had a community of people that loved me and that encouraged me and that guided me and and mentored me and um, I think that's really where my faith started to grow. So there's probably a there's probably a danger. I don't think this is true of you. There's probably a danger in something you said. So you go from I feel guilty and ashamed of the fact that I I know one thing is true, but I'm not doing it. So I'm gonna try. And you again, you said I'm gonna. I'm going to try to pursue Jesus. You didn't say like, I'm going to try not to lie or try real hard to be good. I'm going to pursue Jesus. Okay. Then you fast forward to when your faith is growing and you are doing lots of things. So you're at every event. And I remember Mm -hmm. you like, you were, you were always there. You were always present. One of the first times, I don't even know, like the first image I have in you was at park and you were in the sound booth and I don't have any idea what you're doing in the sound booth, but you're something I just remember you there you were volunteering you're doing something and so the question that is kind of like the the caution is was it doing things that changed or were you now just doing better things or was your faith changed I think it was still you know I have to these things are good God's gonna like these things I'm gonna do these things I think it's it was really you know maybe a few years ago where I was just wrestling with the fact that like, you know, even though I'm a good person, fairly good, you know, do, do good things. I'm, you know, decent, like I'm still rotten on the inside and God Mm. still loves me endlessly. And it was like battling of just like, why would Jesus come down and save me? You know, like why would God send his only son like a king 
to, to die for me. I, I was like, I don't understand why. And then I was like, he did it because he loved me. And like that, that blew my whole world apart. Like that mm. was just like, that was, I have heard it. I had heard it a thousand times, sure. right? You hear, you hear it a thousand times. But thinking that, I was just like, wow, now I get it. Okay. Like that's why he came down because he loved me. And, and then my world started shifting. And then when I started volunteering, when I started being involved, it was because, you know, I want to do this because I love God, because he loved me first. Okay. It wasn't any more of just like, I should do these good things so that I don't feel guilty right. so that I don't stay up at late at night wondering why I'm so rotten in my core. It's like God loved me and I want to love him back. I want to love his community. I want to love his people. That's why I'm doing this now. So that's, that's the, that's the gospel, right? Yeah. So you did struggle a bit with kind of the performance on the other side. So if I do these wrong things and I feel bad, then I'll try to do the right things mm -hmm. and still had to wrestle with your faith and really understand, okay, no matter what, when I do the wrong things, I still, there's this rottenness inside, mm. right? Your words, that I'm still rotten inside, but God loves me. And God sent his son to die for me in this condition, right? Like mm -hmm. the Bible says, you know, well, we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Or, well, we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. Like, so we get this sense that it isn't performance. And so it wasn't the wrong you were doing preventing God from loving you. And it wasn't the right you were doing that made God love for you, love you. Mm -hmm. It was God loves you. Yeah. And that blows your world apart, like you said. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, like people have told me that my whole life, right? Sure. It didn't click until later. And yeah. when it clicked, it like exploded and sometimes I'm still wrestling in it wrestling with it like why do you love me thank you but why <laughs> right <laughs> you know? sure I'll take it yeah I'll take but it I'll get it yeah <laughs> that's good okay so you know and and I know some history there right so I know Brandon still listens to the podcast so you were at branches branches as it dwindled down and lost its lease uh ends up you know a handful of people coming over to park mm. Um, I forget that Marsha was a part of your, you know, kind of as a youth leader, uh, Brandon and April, who we love, obviously Jose and Karen, who we love. And so you are now at Park. And, and so I know you heard the gospel there. I know you heard the gospel at Park because I was there. But the gospel clicks when it clicks, right? Like I can't control that. That's a you and God thing, mm -hmm. right? So, but it does. So it, it, it clicks and you begin to put the pieces together that God loves you. He's not just watching you and you're going to pay later, mm -hmm. right? He's not just loving you when you're doing good things, but he loves you and it's out of the overflow of that you grow in your faith. So some significant things come out of that. I know we did Edwin's story in the last episode. So how do we get to that place where now not only is your faith of course, we're always growing in our faith. Of course, you're not perfect. But you're in a place where you're like, okay, some of the busyness, some of the stuff is behind me. And, and now the next phase of life. So take me to that part. Yeah. So, so I was really involved in church. And, um, you know, right after you graduate college, everybody has a ring on their finger. Everybody's sure. getting married, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I remember just being 
I was busy with with work and everything and I remember feeling you know like wow I want a partner I would love to have a partner I don't want just any partner right um Jesus is a priority in my life I need somebody that has that same value and it just wasn't working it just like I couldn't meet anybody I would visit different churches when I wasn't here on Sunday um, because I was living half in LA and half in Orange County and you know just try to to see you know try to try to meet people and really nothing was working and I was young I was like 22 and I was just like wrestling with this fact I'm like man I'm gonna die alone I am done, you know, 22, I'm, I'm just done. It's I'm, over. I, it's over. Yeah, okay. it's over. And I remember talking to my parents about it and they're just like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, mom and dad, can you, can you like just start praying, you know, for a, a spouse for me? Like, you know, just really make me feel better. And they, they looked at me and they're like, Ashley, we've been praying for years. Like, what are you right. talking about? Like, and so, and then in church, I, I see, you know, I, I see couples and I see families of faith and it's just so beautiful to me and I want that and I'm not willing to settle for anything right. like good. So um, I was just like, you know, I'm going to try a dating app. It feels kind of weird. I didn't, you know, didn't really wasn't. Okay, before we go there. So <laughs> I get so I get prayer requests. So if you go to Generations and you put in a prayer request, I get them every Monday. Um, in fact, I got a I printed them out. I print them out. I take them because I when I pray in the morning, I, I just put them next to me by my Bible in the, in the living room. And so in that, I remember early mm-hmm. Ashley prayer requests. So like you were praying about this for a while, like yeah. before you met Edwin, like you were praying. Yeah, I was a uh, part of a group of women here. And I remember, you know, talking to them about it and praying about it, you know, asking, you know, you know, Marsha was praying for me and my parents are praying. And I was just like, you know, I don't really know when, but might as well just start praying for it. Right. You know, I like it, it. can't hurt. All right. And I remember writing those prayer requests. I do. And I remember, you know, people, you know, people read prayer, the prayer requests in the church. I don't really care. And they would be like, oh, so you're looking for somebody. And I'm like, OK, well, okay, that's terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I'll tell them, too. All right. But um, yeah, I was just, you know, I wasn't ashamed of it. I was looking at it, but I was looking so, for just in case people are this, so people that are in leadership that got those prayer requests that know you, talk to you about it. Not well, no. random strangers no, no, reading no. prayer requests. Of course, no, okay. no, no. And it wasn't, it was like I was telling them, like, it would okay, be good. not just prayer requests. Like, I would ask people for prayer, and they're like, oh, so you're looking for somebody. And then oh, that's how it okay. started. Not that things are leaking from this. Got it. <laughs> no. Okay, good. I was going to, you know, just go ballistic and get rid of all my leaders. Okay. No. So, all right. So, here's what I heard. So, now... This thing is so a part of your life. The gospel is so, such a big piece of your life that Jesus is so critical in this. You're not going to settle. And so now you're going to start dating. You mentioned an app. So pick up the story there. Yeah. Um, well, just to back just to back up a little bit, it's not like I always thought that way. So there was a lot of dating in between that was not recommended. And I wasted a lot of time. But now we'll I was that determined. part out so Lisa's image of you is not <laughs> ruined. All right. So I, I was so intentional. I was, so I got on the dating app. I prayed before I downloaded it. Like I was serious, you know. And I was like, you know, you know, God, God can work through a dating app, you sure. know. 
you know, and there's probably some cool people on there, you know, so, and I was just like, okay, but God, if you don't want me to be on here, let me know and I'll delete it. Like, I'm like, whatever you say goes, I'm, I'm listening, right? So I'm actually on the dating app about the same time as that in about two weeks. I hate it. I hate every moment of it. It's like shopping for a spouse. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know. It's like the that most, doesn't sound it's fun. just the most awkward thing, right? And so it was on Bumble and I had to make the first move, which I was fine with. That part of my life, I was very confident myself. Is that a thing with know. Bumble, like where you, the woman has to make the first yes, move? Yes, that's, okay. that's the special thing about that app is it's uh, the women make the first move. Okay, I, I got married before apps existed. So yeah, yeah. all right, so good. Yeah. Thanks for walking me through that. Okay, so, so you find Edwin. Yeah, so yeah, it took a lot of swiping to find him, but we matched. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny, like looking back, I remember like, the app would ask you, you know, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? What is your horoscope? And I'm like, blank, blank, blank. And anybody who had that filled out would be like, nope, no, 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 no. Good for you. Edwin didn't have his filled out. I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll give this, I'll, I'll swipe. So we matched. That means he swiped on me and I swiped on him. So we matched. And, um, we started talking and it was, (laughs) we started (laughs) talking and it was great. You know, um, we, we uh we get each other's cell phones we we go cell phones numbers we're now we're texting we're calling each other we're we're planning a date and then we go on this date and I remember you know this is me not knowing him very well we're like texting each other for like I don't know like two weeks so it's really new and I remember seeing him sitting down at the restaurant and thinking like you know this could be my future husband like it could be like I'm not gonna set any expectations here but like it could be I just don't want to waste any more any time so um because you're so old (laughs) because I'm so old (laughs) it's not even that I was old it's just like for me at 22 you thought your life was over and you were so I yeah it was like I was yeah okay well I was just like I at that point relationship ended in two ways for me you know you break up or you get married like that was it so like why am I gonna put all this energy into a person if we're gonna break up yep those are the two outcomes right so yeah and I I wasn't gonna put my time and effort into something that I knew wouldn't be something so you're gonna break up let's break up now yeah yeah like, otherwise let's figure like this yeah out. if if there's a major red flag I'm not gonna go on a second date with you kind of okay. thing like I'm not so what made you how did you choose so now you're at a restaurant mm-hmm. okay so well, it was a brewery but yeah was good enough <laughs> whatever works so okay so you're in a brewery and uh how do you make the decision like what are the things you're looking for in Edwin I mean we can say that because he's one he's sitting here and two, you married him. So that's good. What spoiler. went from, you're right, spoiler, <laughs> it worked out. So how do you get from, I'm serious and I don't want to waste any time, to I want to go on a second date? Or what? what's the criteria that moves you down that path? Yeah, so, well, before we even started dating, I ha- remember having a conversation with a God. And it was very much a conversation like, okay, these are the, this is the list I want in a man. Like, these are the cool things. And this is like the absolutely necessary thing. So, you know, 
Sure. We want him to be a Christian. We want him. I want him to, you know, be handsome, to have a job, to job's good. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. be interesting and all this stuff. And then I remember like going down the list. I don't know. There wasn't that much on the list. And I was like, actually, we're gonna scrap the list. Scrap it. Nothing matters. The only thing is, he needs to love Jesus. We're gonna start there. If that's not, if that's not there, we're not doing it. And luckily, Edwin had everything else on the list. So. Okay. Um, first date, we start talking. Um, we probably didn't dive too deep into church, but I knew from texting him and from previous sure. conversation that he was a Christian, that he was connected to his church. You know, he had a strong relationship with his family. He had a good job. You know, all those things, all those boxes were were there. And so um, we continued to talk and it really escalated pretty quickly. You know, we, we went on other dates quickly after that and we just knew it was something very different than anything that we had Hmm. experienced previously a lot of people so a verse that um i'll say gets thrown around in ways uh, i guess that i wish it wouldn't is the verse about being unequally yoked and i'll read it's out of second corinthians 6 uh verse 14 says do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Okay, so I feel like that's a bare minimum benchmark, right? Like, okay, so you're a believer, don't date a non-believer, right? Okay, but that's not what you're saying. Like, you're you're looking for someone who is, and I'm not trying to elevate you to something, but like, you're looking for somebody on your level with your focus, like, okay, I'm going to scrap the list. Got to love Jesus. Like, okay, like this has got to be a thing. And God honors that and gives you all what you want, right? All the things that you're looking for, you get them in Edwin, mm-hmm. right? Again, Edwin's not perfect. We love him. He's got his own flaws, but you get what you're looking for. So when we look at being equally yoked, and I think this is true, whether you're going to go into business with somebody or marriage or whatever, you're looking for someone kind of on your level in your faith. So if there's a young woman out there, and I don't care how old, I don't, again, you're still young, right? Like you could, you don't have to start all over. But if you were not married yet, life's not over, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I got out of prison and restarted my life at 30. Like, and, and looking at my life now, it's not like I'm missing anything. I missed a dozen years, but... Yeah. So great. You get off to this at a younger age, but somebody's listening and it doesn't matter how old they are. They could be 40, they could be 22, they could be whatever. How important or what value would you place on on faith and family and those priorities? I think I think if you value those things, your partner needs to value those things, okay, right? Good. And um I think you know, dating, I've heard, I forget who told me this, but dating is the easiest it's ever going to be in a relationship, right? So if you're not on the same page when you're dating, and this is not always the case, but people change, people grow, but Mm -hmm. dating is the easiest it's ever going to be. So if you don't agree with each other or if there's major red flags or if you feel you have to fix things or if you feel like you have to fix that person pull the parachute now yeah okay like why 
you told me you told me this before we got married you have to choose your crazy right, right. you have everybody In my winning way yes. right everybody is a little crazy you have to live with that person's crazy like live with yeah. who they are if they never change from what they are right now are you going to be okay with that right. in 30 years if this person is the same exact way as they are right now is that going to be cool with you when you have right. kids and when you have to deal with life is that going to be okay and um, sometimes most times i would say when you're dating young the answer is no right <laughs> yeah yeah so and i do and I, I say that a lot to to people before they're married obviously uh choose the kind of crazy you can live with because everybody's crazy we're all crazy we're all broken in sin none of us are perfect you know i love edwin he's not perfect i love you mm -hmm. you're not perfect right mm -hmm. i love my wife she's not perfect she'll tell you the same thing about me so you have to choose the kind of crazy you can live with and it's my joking way of just saying hey listen you're gonna marry somebody sinful broken and selfish mm -hmm. make sure you get that up front and their version of that is something you can live with yeah and yes you pray god can heal the things that are not right but you can't you know there's kind of a joke that men marry women hoping they'll never change like they'll look 25 and beautiful forever whatever that means or women but ma women marry men so they can change them like there's that kind of joking thing about relationships what if they don't mm -hmm. like what if this attribute um so he doesn't have a job now he'll get a job like no like if he's not working now mm -hmm. can you live with that for the rest of your life so really cool um i love the idea that your priority became faith and that God blessed you in the other ways. And so um, uh, if people are listening to this and, and they listened to the last episode that had, that had Edwin in it, um, I talked about creation and how Adam goes to sleep and that's when God makes Eve, right? In the same sense, man, there's really, in the best case circumstances, there's really this, there needs to be only one other, you know? And you found that. And so um, as we started, we'll finish. I know you're two months away from the, the big wedding. I know that has some attraction to it. And there's a bit of, okay, I just wish it was behind us sometimes. <laughs> I get it. It's a lot of work, right? But you got the person that, um, that you love and that God created for you. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool story. Yeah, I think so too. And as your pastor, I love hearing how <laughs> you prioritize Jesus and even quoted my stupid saying so i appreciate that so if you're listening right now ashley is here just shared her story and that's why we do this her story is not my story and each story as jesus encounters a life has its own moment of grace its moment of growth its moment of learning and and we go through these for the rest of our life we never stop growing we never i hope we never stop changing and growing and maturing in our faith and so each story, as we share them, resonates with people differently, and we learn different things. And so I get to learn from you, Ashley, and we get to learn collectively from one another. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Please subscribe. Share these episodes with someone you think can hear them and learn from them. And we look forward to hearing and sharing another story next week. Thank you for listening to this story about how Jesus made a difference. Generations Church is filled with ordinary people who met an extraordinary Savior. Subscribe so you don't miss a single story. Would you stop and share this with one friend today? 
the story of Jesus is most easily seen in the lives of people who know him. 